We've been uh, in this series called The Scriptures. Four weeks ago, we started, and we're looking at some of the core characteristics of what we know to be the Bible. First week, we talked about the authority of Scripture, that the Bible is the living Word of God, that you cannot separate God from His Word. Second week, we looked at the clarity of Scripture, that the Bible is clear enough for us to understand what we need. It's not a puzzle. It's not a riddle. But through the work of the Holy Spirit, it can be understood. The Bible can be understood. Last week, we were so blessed to have Pastor Ray back in town. Um, you know, Pastor Ray, every time he comes, he just, we work him so hard. He, that was his third sermon that day. You know, last week he came and he talked about the sufficiency of the Word. That what the Bible has inside of it is enough for you and I. It's enough. And today we're going to talk about the necessity of the Bible. And it's a very simple question we're going to ask tonight. Do you really need the Bible? Do you really need the Bible? Now let me define... The word need, oh, it's going to crack a joke, but I don't think the joke's going to go down too well, so I'm not going to crack it. Oh, saved. I think the Holy Spirit just saved me then. It was something to do with needs and women, but I'll just, the joke's not going to go, so I will just stop. The, the, the dictionary defines a need as something that is required because it is essential or very important rather than just desirable. And what's something that you just desire? Well, we call that a want, not a need. But sometimes we get need and want mixed up. We need oxygen. We need sleep. We need food. We don't need ice cream. We don't need sleep-ins and naps that turned into sleep. There's a difference between a need and a want. Like, I'm hungry, I need food, is very different to I need 24 nuggets for $8 at McDonald's. You don't need nuggets. You want nuggets. You don't need it. A need is to say something is a necessity. We must have it. In psychology, a man named Maslow came up with a hierarchy of human needs, starting off with basic physiological needs like water, rest, uh, warmth, safety, and then more complex needs, relationship, intimacy, accomplishment, self-actualization. These are human needs. Every single one of us needs these things. See, these aren't options. Like having water or drinking water is not an option in your life. It's like you can't go, well, you know, I got food, I got, I got rest, I, I don't really need water. No, it's a necessity. And that's what I want to put forward to you tonight is that the Scriptures, the Bible is not an option but is essential and is a necessity in your life. 
The Bible is not, uh, it's not just a desirable good. It's not that you wake up and go, you know what, I'm feeling holy today. I'm going to read the Bible. Or you wake up and go, man, I'm feeling low today. I'm going to go to God and see what God says. No, the Bible is essential as much as food, water, and shelter are essential in our lives. It's not something that it's good to have or it's okay not to have. The Bible is a necessity. Deuteronomy chapter 8, and this is where we're going to start our journey today. Deuteronomy chapter 8, 1 to 5 reads this. This is Moses speaking. He says, be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised an oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out. Your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord disciplines you. What's Moses writing here? What's Moses saying to the people of Israel? He's reminding them that as much as people need food, water, warmth, shelter, what is as important for their existence is the words of God. Is the words of God. God's word is not an add-on purchase. It's not something you go to when you're in trouble or bored, but it is an essential in our lives. But the problem is, we treat the Bible like a side dish. Uh, Koreans and Korean food, they're known for their side dishes. In Korean, it's called panchan. My Korean's just gone so horrible these days. You know, we have the main meal, right? You got the main meal, and then, and then, and then they give you all these side dishes. Right? Aussies don't understand this because they just have meat and three veg. They just have one meal, right? But Koreans, you, you, you order the main meal, and it comes with all these side dishes. See, what we do is we treat life like the main meal, and we treat God's word like a side dish. Whether you have the side dish or not, it doesn't matter because you've still got the main meal. But what we need to understand is it's wrong. God's word is not a side dish in life. Whether you have it or not, whether you taste a little bit of it or not, whether you like it or not, no, God's word is part of the main meal. Jesus says in, 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 in his way that he teaches prayer, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. And he also says, we don't live on that bread alone, but the words of God. You put those statements together, Jesus is ultimately saying that we need the word of God as much as we need food. I want to share with you the definition of the necessity of Scripture given to us by Grudem. I'm going to give you three reasons why Scripture is a, a necess uh, necessary. Here's the definition. The necessity of Scripture means that the Bible is necessary for knowing the gospel, for maintaining spiritual life, and for knowing God's will 
but is not necessary for knowing God's, that God exists or for knowing something about God's character and moral laws. And that comes from Grudem's systematic theology. There are three things in that, that, uh, that definition that show us why we need the Bible. The first one is this, knowing the gospel. Romans 10.30, 13 to 17 reads, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word. Through the word about Christ. The gospel means good news. And the good news that the Bible talks about is we see in verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the good news. That's the gospel. But Paul's argument is this, how can anyone call on the name of the Lord unless they believe? And, and, and how can anyone believe if they don't hear first the message of the gospel? And for that to happen, someone has to tell them, and, and for someone to tell them, they've got to know what it is. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ, through the word about Christ. The necessity of Scripture teaches us that without God's word, you can understand that there is a God, because nature can show you that but you will not understand specifically what the gospel of Jesus Christ is about. You cannot know the gospel of Jesus by looking at the mountains or the oceans because it has been specifically given to us in the word of God. We call this special revelation. This is why the scriptures, they're not an option. They're essential. They're necessary for our salvation. Secondly is this. Second reason why we need God's word is to maintain spiritual life. The scriptures are necessary to help us understand and maintain a relationship with God. So many people ask, right? I don't know, I, how, do I, how do I know how to live in relationship with God? And you know, so many people tell you, oh, you know, there's modeling you know, go get yourself a mentor. You know, there's all these classes. But you know what? The Bible tells us it's through the Word. The foundation is through the Word. Anyone that tells me that they can live in relationship with God without opening the Scriptures is like telling me that they're going to get married to someone, but they're not going to actually listen to them. I'm telling you now, it's not going to go down well. You can't have a relationship if there is no communication in there. Matthew 4, 4, we read this in Deuteronomy. Jesus quotes it again. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know, in our lives, in our day-to-day -day lives, uh, when we try to maintain our lives, uh, not even necessarily a healthy life, but, you know, what do we do? We, we, we eat, 
We drink, we rest, we meet people, we have conversations. These are necessary to maintain a physical life. To maintain and live a spiritual life. What do we need? We need the Word of God. We need to consume the Word of God. Now, let me give you some examples because the Bible's full of it. Full of great, just God's just revelation on and how we're meant to maintain a, a healthy spiritual life. Here's a few. Uh, Psalm 119, uh, 9. How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I, the Bible's not very ambiguous. It's clear. Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you'll be prosperous and successful. You ever ask yourself, how can I be prosperous and successful? Well, the Bible says, meditate on the word day and night. Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. How do I live a spiritual journey life? Through the Word. That's why the the, the Word is so essential. You know what's funny is we get surprised when we're struggling in our relationship with God. We're struggling to maintain a healthy spiritual uh, life. And yet, when you ask them, what are you doing to maintain this life? They say, not much. I'm going to church once a week. And you ask, well, are you, are you in the Word? I say, no. You know, it's funny. If, 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 if I'm starving myself, which I'll never do in my life, but if, you know, use your imagination. You know, if, if I'm not eating the nutrients and the food that, that, that I'm meant to eat to maintain this physique, <laughs> okay, uh, no one would be surprised if I say yes because I'm not eating. But it's funny because we get surprised when our spiritual lives are not maintained and we're scratching our heads saying, well, how come? We don't, we don't correlate the fact that we're not, we're not consuming what we need to consume, which is the Word of God. Food and, and water are not optional for our physical lives and in our spiritual lives, neither is the Word of God. Finally, the third reason why The Word of God is necessary, is to know God's will. What does God want for me in my life? So many people have asked me in ministry, I don't know what God's will is for me, what God's plan is for me in my life. How does He want me to live? What does He want me to do? And I'm always asking, hey, why don't you ask God? Why don't, you, why don't you read his word? And the majority of the time, most people don't. And they just kind of live in this limbo. You know what that's like? It's like buying a machine and trying to work out how it works on your own rather than reading the manual. It's like buying a, a piece of Ikea furniture and going, you know what, I don't, I don't need the instructions. I can just... Make it myself. You know what the worst thing about IKEA furniture is? And if, if someone who works at IKEA, please, I love all your furniture, but there's this, there's this one confusing bit about it. There's always leftover parts. 
You ever notice that? You know what the worst thing about having leftover parts about IKEA furniture is? It's like you missed a step. It's like, oh my God, I, this screw, it should be in there somewhere. And so, you know, if you don't have the manual, you, you're stuffed. That's what God's Word is like for us in our lives. When we don't engage in God's Word and God is, 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 is showing us and through the Spirit, He's revealing to us what it is that, that we're meant to do and how it is that we're meant to live. When we don't include the Word of God in our life, then we're walking blind. We're walking blind. We know God's will because God tells us what is right or wrong in His Word. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of, his, of this law. God gives us His will, His thoughts, and His desires through the Word. Through the Word. But the problem is, the biggest mistake we make about this is that instead of trusting in the Word of God to do with our future or our lives, we trust in our hearts. We trust in our emotions rather than what God says. And we say things like, God doesn't understand me. God doesn't know what situation I'm in. I know myself, so I'm going to make the right decision. You know how foolish that sounds? The creator of the universe has got it written for you to read. It's right there for you. And you're like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go it myself. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things. If you, if you haven't noticed, if you haven't noticed that, that, that your heart is deceitful, it lies. Your heart, your emotions, they lie to you. That's what it says. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. You know, when you're driving, would you trust your gut feel over Google Maps? You know, like, it's, it's foolish. I've done it before, and I've paid the price, you know. Like, you end up in a, in a place, and you're like, I, I can't even get reception here now. Now I'm really stuffed. But so many times, you and I, when, we, when we're asking the question, God, what do you want? What should I be doing in my life? We trust our own hearts when God's will is revealed to us. Friends, the heart is deceitful. If you haven't worked that part out yet, you probably haven't lived long enough. But the heart can change, your emotions can change every day of the week. One morning you wake up and you think cauliflower is the answer to your health. And the next morning you wake up and you think broccoli is the answer to your health. And the next morning you wake up and you think vegetables are evil and I'm just going to go back to chicken. It changes. Have you noticed that? It's simple. You know how you know it changes? Food court. When you go to the food court, like, oh, you know, what, are, what should I eat today? It's like the biggest question in the world. What should I eat today? I feel like this and I feel like this. Or, you know, I had this and I didn't like it. The heart is deceitful. It changes all the time. But the thing is, it's like a roulette wheel. We're trusting that. We're putting our faith in that 
is something that, that is, is known to not be stable, that's crazy. We need to understand that the, the Word of God is where we find out what our lives are meant to be about. It doesn't matter if you're studying, it doesn't matter if you're working, whether you're single or you're married. The Word of God is essential for you to understand what God wants for you in this life. The Scriptures are necessary for us. They are essential for us. They are not an option. They are critical. But you know what? I can say this, and it doesn't mean anything, because it's until you believe this your life change. You know, we, we, we talk about what drives your life. We, we, we talk about this, you know, what's the motivation and what's the driver in your life? You know, what's that one thing that you always go back to that's going to, you know, give you the reasons for you to do the things that you do? You know, if you think about the three things that, that, uh, that, we, that we need, uh, that we get answered uh, through the Word of God, knowing God's will, maintaining a spiritual life, and knowing the gospel. You know, these three things are, uh, are the most important questions in our lives. But the question is, as you live your life, do you believe that the Word of God is ne- necessary? How do you know? How do you know if the Word of God is just a side dish or a main meal? How do you know? Well, it's how you make your decisions. It's how you make your decisions in life. It's, 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 it's things like when you wake up in the morning, when you wake up in the morning and, 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 and you're like, I need to know how I'm going to live my life today. What are you going to go to first? You know, what's the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning, except for go to the bathroom because that's everyone, right? What's the first thing that you go to, right? That tells you what is essential and necessary in your life or what you find essential, you know? For the most of us, what do we do? Grab our phones, right? Grab our phones, what do we do? Check our emails. Check our Facebook. Did anyone like my picture at 4 a.m. yesterday? Like, you know, like, you know, like, how many likes did I get overnight, you know, when everyone's sleeping? I tell you, and I know it's funny, but, but that's the truth, right? First thing we do in the morning you know, I, I know, what about this? First thing we do in the morning is we check our bank account. You know, if there was money that's meant to come in or, you know, the money that was pending and did it get sent out and, you know, because that's a century in your life. See, it's not to say that all of these things are bad and all of these things are unnecessary. No, they're important too. But in terms of priority. Does God's word have even close to that amount of importance in your life? Most of us would go to the gym or, or some t- sort of healthy exercise throughout the week. Why? To maintain, a, a, you know, you, you're trying to be healthy. You, you're trying to keep your, your body healthy, right? How many, what, what would you do? What do you do to invest into your spiritual health? How many of us actually care about our spiritual health? Right? Most of us, this is the best that it gets. Right? We come to church, and we, we, we listen to a sermon, we, we sing a few songs, we give a little bit of money, and then we go home. And that's it. Can I tell you the equivalent 
If you think about the equivalent of that uh, in, in the spiritual world, in, in the physical world, that's like having one meal a week, right? That's like getting out of your bed and going for one little walk and having one little meal and going, you know what, physically, you know, this is what I'm going to invest. This is how, you know, important, you know, food and water and rest and it's all. You know, if you only ate once a week, not that you would die. I think you can actually physically live on one meal a week, right? As long as you're having water here and there as well. But you'd be, you wouldn't be healthy. You wouldn't be healthy, right? But the thing is, we, we treat our physical body so, with so much priority, and, and yet we treat our spiritual lives like nothing. The Word of God is not essential in our lives. You know, if, if, if we happen to open up the Bible, if we happen to have some time to... to isn't that the truth? It's excuses. My friend did this once. I thought about doing it as well, right? If I put, if you had to survive, if you had to survive today, and I put the word of God, and I put 50 bucks, right? And said, this is all you get. It's all you get today. You either get the Bible or you get 50 bucks, you know? And you can only pick one. What are you going to choose, right? 99% of people are going to choose the 50 bucks. Why? Because, and it's not stupid things that they're going to say. They're going to say things like, well, I need to eat. And for me to eat, I, I, I need money, right? But think about what that's actually saying. What you're actually saying is, at that point in time, I trust in the physical nature of my life, in the, in the, in the money that's going to buy the food and the food that's going to nourish my life over trusting that God who created the heavens and the earth can nourish me. You're trusting in food to keep you alive rather than allowing God to keep you alive. And I'm not saying, okay, guys, throw out all your money, throw out all your food, we're just going to eat the word of God the rest of our lives. That's not what I'm saying. I'm asking you to seriously consider where the word of God sits in your life. I promise you, if we're honest, if I sat down and we had a very honest conversation about where the necessity of Scripture sits in your life, it's low, real low. Someone used the term uh, Bible illiterate. Oh. Our church, some of us, we don't even know how to spell illiterate. We trust so many other things before we trust the Scriptures. We go to so many other places before we go to the Scriptures. We read everything else about life, about how to live a life, how to live a good life, how to be financially successful, how to, how to date and how to mate and how to, you know, procreate. You know, we, we, we read about everything else, about everything in life, counselors and psychologists and, and, and you know, all these good self-help people. And then when it all doesn't work, what do we do? Then we go to the Bible. But what does that show? What does that show you? It just shows you where, where the word sits in your life. 
And what I'm asking you to very much consider tonight is that if we believe that the Word of God is God's living Word, and if we believe that you and I don't wake up in the morning because of our physical bodies that we have fed, that we have rested, that the breath that we have is because of our body system, but the, the, the reason why we wake up in the morning is because the breath of God allowed you to have an extra day in your life. If you truly believe that, then you're going to go to the Word. Because man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I'm just asking you tonight to reconsider where the Word of God sits in your life. Psalm 1.1, let me conclude with this. Psalm 1.1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, yet yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers. It's not just talking about physical life. It's talking about spiritual life. How do we have healthy, maintaining spiritual life? It's time in the Word. I asked my life group when we first had this, when we first started this series, what is your current relationship status with the Bible? It's an awkward question. And we, we, we had great responses, very honest responses, non-existent. It's complicated. We see each other once a week. You know, like, you know. But you know what? If we really believe, and it goes back to the first question of the first week of this series, if we truly believe that the Bible is not, if we really believe that this book is not just a historical book, but is the living Word of God, the living and active Word of God, then what should your relationship status be with this book? It should be everything. It should be everything. This book should determine the direction of your life because it is God. It is His words. You want to know what you need to do in your life? It's all here. You want to know how to get through hardship, pain, and suffering? It's here. You want to know what the purpose of your life, the mission of your life is? It's all here. And then we all walk around like three blind mice going, I don't know where to find the answer to my life. Right here. But the question is not, do you read the word? The question is, we go back. Do you really believe that this is the word of God? Because according to that answer, will your relationship come out? Blessing, guidance, prosperity, health, and salvation are all found in God's Word. And I pray that the Bible would go from being an option, would go from being a side dish to the main meal. I pray that over your lives tonight. Let's pray.